Hey everybody and welcome back to Reliving the War. It's the 8th of April 1996 and WCW Nitro is not on the air. Nitro was preempted this week so today we're going to look at the April 8th 96 episode of Monday Night Raw. The WWF done a good job last time they went unopposed so let's see if they can do the same again. Raw is taped this week so we're getting matches from the Orange Pavilion in San Bernardino, California. This episode of Reliving the War is going to be kind of short unfortunately so as an added bonus I put together a full version of the Reliving the War theme song that you can hear at the end of the video. I know some people like it and others don't though I do get a lot of messages from people asking for a more complete version so you have the option of ending the video early if you don't want to hear it. Also I will discuss the future of reliving the war at the end of this video. This week's episode of Monday Night Raw kicks off right away with the match. We have Yokozuna versus Vader. Remember, these two were supposed to face each other in a singles match at WrestleMania, but that didn't happen, and it's assumed the match was changed to a six-man tag due to concerns about Yokozuna's weight. We'll come back to this later. Mr. Perfect is filling in for Jerry Lawler tonight on commentary. Lawler is going one-on-one -on -one with Shawn Michaels in our main event this week, and Mr. Perfect lets us know that we'll also see the Ultimate Warrior on this very episode of Raw along with an arm wrestling contest featuring Ahmed Johnson and the British Bulldog. We get a stare down in the middle of the ring between Vader and Yokozuna. Vader hits Yokozuna first but Yokozuna answers back. A series of punches follow and Yokozuna hits an impressive Samoan drop as Vince McMahon tells us that Yokozuna currently weighs over 650 pounds. Vader answers with a big clothesline and as Yokozuna gets pummeled in the corner, McMahon announces that Raw will be going on the air a little early every week for the foreseeable future. This was in retaliation to WCW Nitro going live minutes before the Raw broadcast, so the USA Network agreed to let the WWF begin their show around the same time as Nitro. Eric Bischoff would respond by going live even earlier. Vader continues to destroy Yokozuna, even Jim Cornette gets a cheap shot in, and Yokozuna is already looking tired, but he's able to hit a Sambo suplex that shakes the entire ring. Vader takes a beating in the corner but a corner splash from Yokozuna fails to hit its mark, leading to Yokozuna falling hard to the mat. Vader goes upstairs for a Vader bomb, but instead of landing across Yokozuna's midsection, Vader targets the leg. Yokozuna screams in agony as the referee calls for the bell. Vader wins via referee stoppage. With an assist from Jim Cornette, a further two Vader bombs get delivered to Yokozuna's leg. Officials and medics come down the ringside. The WWF were making quite a big deal of this. Yokozuna continued to scream in pain while Vader celebrated. Realising the stretcher they brought to ringside would be of no use whatsoever, officials are forced to use a forklift in order to get Yokozuna backstage. In reality, Vince McMahon and the WWF had told Yokozuna he needed to go home and lose weight. There was a real health concern here and WWF would not allow Yokozuna to wrestle any further matches until he brought his weight down. Yokozuna would still make odd appearances beginning next month but his schedule would get greatly shortened along with the length of his matches. A good opener from Raw here though with plenty of drama. 
Vince McMahon is in the ring getting ready to interview the Ultimate Warrior. This would be Warrior's very first appearance on the WWF's flagship show. That old familiar theme music plays in the arena and the audience goes nuts. Warrior dashes from one side of the ring to the other. We have a pyro display going on and Vince McMahon is smiling from ear to ear as he asks the Warrior where he's been all this time. Mr. Perfect on commentary says that the Ultimate Warrior has been in Montana where all the other lunatics live. Now, I'm not going to sit here and try to decipher an Ultimate Warrior promo, instead I'll just go over what he says. In regards to where the Ultimate Warrior has been this whole time, Warrior says... Those places where a man goes that are of any real importance, Vince McMahon, are not places you ever find upon a map. For a man to truly find himself, he has to go to one place that we're all entitled to go, deep deep within the mind. In the three and a half years that I've been absent, there's one thing that wouldn't die. The voices. The spirit of the warrior. The very blood of... (laughs) The very blood of your vision said one thing. We want it, warrior, and we want it bad. We want to live one more time in the power of the warrior. Vince asks Warrior how he plans on taking care of the superstars of the new generation, and as Warrior begins blabbering on about raising the heights of his opponent's understanding or some nonsense, Goldust makes an appearance. Vince McMahon announces that Goldust is scheduled to face the Ultimate Warrior at the very next In Your House pay-per-view. After the Warrior snorts into the mic, Goldust quotes the excellent Warrior's 1979 movie when he says, Warrior, come out to play. The Bizarre One says that Warrior can be his Superman and they can both fly off into the sunset. And honestly, the Warrior looks like he's in pain listening to all of this. It's absolutely hilarious. Warrior grabs the mic, he calls Goldust a freak but what's more jarring is when warrior says whatever it is that you're into i don't give a shit i mean making sense of the ultimate warrior is sometimes a job in itself but when it comes to the suggestive nature of gold dust warrior is a little more upfront and straight to the point Goldust makes his move, trying to touch the chest of the Ultimate Warrior, but Warrior quickly backs off before delivering a clothesline to end the promo. Knowing what we now know about the Ultimate Warrior's personal beliefs and how strong those beliefs were, it's a little awkward and you can see the change in Warrior's demeanour mid-promo, it's all very obvious. We'd have to wait though until the next In Your House show before seeing Warrior and Goldust lock up. Before we get to our next match, we see Yokozuna still on a forklift getting brought into an ambulance. Vader shows up with a steel chair and Yokozuna takes another beating. Nothing else to say really. Back in the ring, Hunter Hearst Helmsley is getting ready for his match against Duke the Dumpster Grossi. Thankfully, this one is only around 4.5 minutes. Hunter takes a back body drop right at the opening bell and the match quickly ends up on the outside. Helmsley gets rammed into the steel steps as footage gets shown from last week. Remember Sable slap triple and she left with Mark Merrow. Back in the ring, Hunter takes the Ric Flair corner bump before taking a press slam. Duke even takes the time to smile at the camera. Helmsley pulls down the top rope and the dumpster flies out of the ring and it's now time for Duke to take a bump on the steel steps. Mark Merrow appears via split screen telling Triple H that he has a surprise for him next week on Raw. So next week we have surprises from both Mark Merrow and the booty man, I can't wait. Triple H destroys 
Roy's Duke in the corner as we go to commercial break. Hunter goes for the pedigree when we come back, but Duke reverses it and we see a slingshot into the top turnbuckle. The dumpster hits two atomic drops that lead to a spinebuster and give the guy credit here, this looked pretty good. Duke then delivers a power slam before announcing to everyone that it's time to take out the trash. Duke goes for the trash compactor but Hunter counters with a pedigree. Triple H wins via pinfall. We see clips of Mankind attacking The Undertaker from last week's episode of Raw. The WWF wanted to keep this fresh in everyone's mind and it was the absolute right call. We also see Yokozuna finally getting put into an ambulance and Mr. Perfect says that this is just like Free Willy. Back in the arena, Davy Boy Smith comes out for an arm wrestling match. That's right, the Bulldog versus Ahmed Johnson in an arm wrestling contest. They should have done this as a shoot. It would have been interesting to see who was really stronger. Though, let me know in the comments who you think would have won a legit arm wrestling contest, Davy Boy Smith or Ahmed Johnson. I remember this segment quite well and it's not because of Ahmed Johnson, it's not because of Davy Boy, it's because of the King of Hearts, Owen Hart. Owen tells Ahmed to just go back to the locker room, there's no way he can win this contest, but Vince McMahon invites both men to take their seats to get this thing started. Owen then says that Ahmed has too much body oil, Owen accuses Ahmed of cheating because he's so greasy and slimy, so Johnson cleans his hands on the referee's shirt. The referee tells Owen to keep his mouth shut, but Owen once again interrupts the match, saying that Ahmed's elbow isn't positioned correctly on the table, and therefore Ahmed is trying to get an unfair advantage. Ahmed stands up and he grabs his chair, but Owen Hart once again gets told off by the referee. For the final time, Owen interrupts the contest, claiming that Davy Boy wasn't ready, and this is enough to get Owen ejected from the ring. The arm wrestling match finally gets underway, and Ahmed wins it, although Mr. Perfect does point out that Ahmed was grabbing the table with his left hand. As Diana Hart watches on, Davy Boy Smith takes the loss badly, and he begins attacking Johnson with a steel chair. The table gets used as a weapon too, but it doesn't break after two Irish whip attempts. Davy decides to dump the table on Ahmed and you can see the side of the furniture getting drilled into Johnson. And Davy also sets the table on top of Ahmed, providing the British Bulldog with a fun trampoline to jump on. Davy drops the table on Ahmed once again as the segment comes to an end. This played out better than anyone could have hoped really, but the real star of the arm wrestling contest was Owen Hart. And it's already time for our main event. This has been a decent episode of Raw, but reliving the war does feel a little empty this week. Big Daddy Cool Diesel comes down to provide commentary. Jerry the King Lawler is in the ring and the HBK's theme music begins playing in the arena. This is Sean's first televised match since winning the championship at WrestleMania 12, and Jerry Lawler definitely is an interesting choice, but let's see how this goes. We get a lot of stalling to start things off, and I mean there's a lot of stalling. Lawler walks HBK into the corner after the initial lockup. The King talks a little smack and this allows Sean to take advantage with a quick right hand. The same spot gets repeated only the rules are reversed. Lawler tries to duck out of the way but Sean outsmarts the King. Lawler takes another punch to the face. Diesel and Vince McMahon talk about the upcoming Good Friends Better Enemies main event. Diesel says that Sean has never beaten him and that won't change it in your house. Lawler and HBK put their fists up. Jerry 
Lawler gets knocked down and he crawls to the referee for help, and HBK takes a seat on the top turnbuckle before going to the outside to high-five some fans. Back in the ring, Lawler and HBK lock up. We see the same spot once again with HBK ducking a Lawler punch. Lawler gets launched into the ropes and, look, it's a wrestling move, it's a back body drop. Lawler reaches into his tights and he grabs a weapon. We don't see what it is though, but we do get a split screen that shows us Diesel turning heel on Shawn Michaels back at that Madison Square Garden house show. And Shawn gets hit in the mouth with whatever Lawler had in his hand. The King is now in control. Jerry attacks Sean in the corner before choking HBK out. Lawler then delivers two running punches on the outside as Sean lies on the apron. The King signals for the end and we see the King's pile driver. Sean kicks out at two. The tide begins turning when Lawler misses a double axe handle. This allows Sean to begin an all out assault in the corner, following up with the signature HBK flying forearm. Sean hits the elbow drop and then HBK locks eyes with Big Daddy Cool Diesel. Lawler once again reaches into his tights but it's no good Sean delivers sweet chin music and the match is over Sean Michaels gets a pinfall victory Sean calls Diesel out Diesel takes off his headset and he begins approaching the ring a brawl breaks out between the two men Mr. Perfect leaves the commentary desk and he grabs the world title Perfect eventually throws the belt to Big Daddy Cool and Sean gets levelled Diesel celebrates before leaving the ring and Raw ends with an unconscious Sean Michaels lying on the mat this main event was a little mediocre, there was a lot of stalling and not enough wrestling really. This episode of Raw drew a 4.7 rating, the biggest Raw rating since the beginning of the Monday Night War. When Nitro was preempted back in early March, Raw only drew a 3.6, so there was definitely some fans who got interested in the World Wrestling Federation again following WrestleMania. As a matter of fact, Raw would win the ratings war for the next 5 weeks, and within those 5 weeks we would also see Nitro hitting a real low point in terms of the ratings. Still, the WWF better savor these next five weeks because the WCW onslaught begins soon afterwards. Also, Nitro is going to change and the program is going to move into a two-hour format beginning late next month. Now, this of course presents a problem for the Reliving the War series, so look out for a community post soon where I'll present you guys with some poll options and we can work out how Reliving the War should continue. The usual format of scoring the shows based on who won each segment will have to get changed obviously because a show stealing promo or match could happen on Nitro while Raw isn't even on the air, so that's something we need to look at. Along with this, I still want to cover every segment, but naturally the videos can't be any longer than what they already are because I simply won't have the time to edit them. So there's also the possibility of releasing Reliving the War videos every fortnight, either that or simplifying the content by not going over every move and every hold. We'll work it out though, one thing is for sure, this series isn't ending and I plan on seeing it through until the very end. I hope you join me next week. And thank you very much for watching.